and welcome to another episode of The Buzzer Race. I'm your host, Nikhil Ranjan. And I'm your co-host, Teddy Trakers. And for our guest today, we have Connor Harrison, the famous writer of the Connor Harrison's History Notes for Kirtaman. Welcome, Connor. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so could you kind of just go ahead and introduce yourself, give a little background information, and then tell us your favorite movie? Yeah, uh, well, my name is uh, Connor Harrison. Uh, I uh, was a JCLer in Florida. I graduated in 2010. Um, after that, stayed involved primarily through uh, co-coaching teams. Um, during that time, you know, wrote the notes and, and, and tried to keep up with them and make them longer and, and share them out and all that. Um, I currently now live in Massachusetts. Uh, and my favorite movie, I would say, so I used to always say Back to the Future for this, and I, I sort of thought recently, is that still my number one? Is there something else out there? But I was Back to the Future, good, good, solid choice, I think. No, yeah, yeah, that's a totally good choice. I have to say, I only saw Back to the Future, like, last year or something, so I was very, very far behind in the trend, but it was good. I enjoyed it. Do, yeah, I think, did you feel like it had... It's a sort of timelessness, you know, not no pun intended, but like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, mean, um, I think whether you're, you know, whatever generation you are or anything like that, I think it's one of those movies that you can appreciate and, and I think it's relatable and fun and all that. So, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like, you know, it's a little cheesy, you know, seeing because I mean, just the quality of like what's happening in sci fi and stuff like that has changed so much. But I mean, it was still so much fun to watch. So, I mean, I think I, I think, think it's the, the best Cubs winning the World Series, so, you know. Oh yeah, that is true. That is true. So yeah. So, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, what? What about the World Series? Did they, they called when the Cubs were gonna win. Like, oh, yes, <laughs> yes. I, I think, I think that's in part two. Maybe it's in the first one. But I remember. Oh, because they have all the sports stuff in part two. So I, I was I actually caught on TV the other day, and I was like, oh, that's funny. Like, the, all these things that did or did not happen through 2015 we're now seeing. Yeah, no, it is It is rather, it was, it, was inter- it was interesting for sure. It was interesting to see what they kind of predicted. So yeah, I think we can kind of just dive right into things. Um, so the first big thing is, is like, how did you get into Latin? So Latin for me... Um, I was privileged to have, to be able to start it in sixth grade. It wasn't Latin one, it was called Intro to Foreign Languages. My teacher was um, David Jackson, and Huey, who was pretty new to O'Call at the time. Um, and I had one of my closest friends, Jose uh, Molina, in the class as well. Um, and I think basically just the combination of having uh, you know, Mr. J as a teacher and having close friends in that intro to foreign language class made me want to uh, continue it. When it, at the end of sixth grade, it was like, okay, you take in French, you take in Spanish, that was what O'Call offered at the time, or do you want to stick with Latin? And I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do Latin. So um, I would say one notable thing though, at the end of that year, I think it may have been April or May, this is 2004, um, Mr. J had us play Kurtaman in class, just very mm-hmm. basic, like, I think even to just, like, study for a test, like, using the buzzer system, basically. So I think that was my very first, like, exposure to Kurtaman, and I'd heard of it, and I was like, okay, this is fun, and obviously it would take 
several years for me to get really, really into it. But at, from that moment, I was like, okay, this is cool watching it, playing it. It just this is a cool world to be in. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, as I've mentioned before, like this seems to be a very staple thing teachers do where they kind of have you play Kirtaman and they kind of feel out like, oh, okay, this kid seems like they want to play. This kid seems pretty good. Maybe we can get them in. So it's always, it's always fun to hear that. Like that's how a lot of people's experiences went. Cause that's how mine went. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, as you mentioned, um, you didn't really get into Kirtaman for a few years, but you kind of played a little bit on like the local level and stuff. Like you played here and there. And so I'm curious, like, uh, like how you got into the local level and played and like kind of how that like JCL experience as a whole was for you playing in like the local. Yeah. Um, I, so I, I think, so eighth grade uh, was, and, and this is like Latin B, so it's Latin one through seventh and eighth grade. I think that's how a lot of schools do it. Um, and at the end of eighth grade, I went to my first state, uh, Florida State Forum and that for me, I, I then had to make a decision, okay, do I want to continue Latin in ninth and 10th grade or do I want to go reset and take Spanish or, or French? And I, I was actually at that point leaning towards the direction of, of maybe being done. And then I went to state and that's what made me say, okay, like I want to be in this. So um, I think more than just Kurtaman early on was just the JCL experience was, was taking the test. Like I wasn't even remotely competitive in April, but just the vibe okay this is fun this and it didn't feel like just like a school trip like you go you, you maybe you spend a few nights somewhere you go camping or something like that stuff was always fun but this felt something different and again I always go back to was it because I had the Jose is because I had like a teacher I really liked you know I do think those things matter early on but um, as far as her Tom in, uh, in ninth grade I did a little bit of the local stuff was sort of dabbling in history, but not like not really like which is going being on the team. Maybe if I get a question, the whole five round tournament, like I'm I'm psyched about it. Um, I, I but I think I really it was fun. There was something cool about it back then because like. Oak Hall, like, I think Florida, you know, his, you know, in the, like, 90s and, and 2000s was good at Kurtama national level, but not really no one was coming from Oak Hall then. That was very Leon happy, mm -hmm. I think. Um, maybe some McClay. I don't, you know, Mr. J is definitely a, a better historian on that, on that part of uh, FJCL history than I am, but it was, it was just cool being kind of in this local thing, and it didn't feel too serious. I wasn't at all thinking about nationals or kind of I think now it, it always feels like nationals to me is like the end of kind of the chapter, you know, and then we restart in August, we have AL is sort of like the first tournament. And then it's, it feels like that's the cycle that Kurtaman's on. But back then it was just kind of more in the moment, just enjoying those, let's drive up to Tallahassee, let's drive down to Tampa, whatever it is. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's really interesting to hear. Cause I think, uh, uh, like Teddy and I can both attest to this when like at least in like the more like Kurt like recent scene it's been a lot of like uh yeah nationals is like the end and then you reset like in a month or two there's there's like a tournament already coming up again gotta uh so maybe I don't know I feel like maybe having a longer break would probably be a nicer thing for some players I think because I mean that sounds like a pretty big like uh 
thing to have like you know like you don't really have to reset that hard uh, after every nationals like oh i need to start competing in like a month or two again yeah and and that's actually thank you for for making that point i maybe this is obvious but back then and again this is 2006 i'm in ninth grade like there isn't a yale there's no collegiate tournaments i think harvard was the first i'm sure people can correct me on that um i think that was like 2008 or 9 uh, you know, back then it was like Kurtaman World was local. Like, yeah, we knew about nationals, but um, you know, in state, I think that was sort of like the. I for a while, I even said I liked state better in nationals because I thought it was more kind of fun and like you know, really like overall sweepstakes. Like it was like every point counts between us and you know McClay and Leon. Um, I I don't. I would say I like nationals, you know, more now. But yeah, back then I think it was all much just by nature, it was more local. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's good to, to make sure we're always keeping that in mind because yeah, nationals is, is exciting, but for, you know, people are new to Kurtam and, you know, you'll start at a local tournament and, and if it, you know, you want that to be the most amazing experience, whether you win, whether you don't, whatever, like, Oh, that's just fun. Mm-hmm. Like I, now I do want to try to get to state or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think locals is a big step. So uh, as we've talked about a bit, but I wanted to go in a bit more now, is the fact that, like, you didn't start playing Kurtaman for a while, or at least at, like, the national level. You didn't play for a very long time, and I'm curious what your thoughts were on Kurtaman as someone watching a lot of the playing happen. Like, you know, like, as a spectator, like, what were your kind of, like, thoughts on it versus once you became a player? Yeah, that's a great question. I think... Um, I think for me, I was just so like, like awe-inspired by like how good, uh, people were, you know, just, just in general, like, you know, whether it was a big state or a small state, like, you know, the good players on, on any team being someone who wasn't in it, I was just so impressed and I'm still impressed now when I see players like this but I think the big difference is I wasn't thinking about it as sort of uh strategically as I do now I think there's a lot of um high IQ discussion of Kurtaman that happens these days about you know where to buzz is like the surface of that but people really get into it um and I think in that that's like a whole fun kind of analytics in itself but uh I think just being a spectator when I'm like 16, 17, it was just like, wow, people are so fast. And I could like, oh, that was a great buzz. If it were history, I was starting to get pretty good at history by then. I could understand that. But um, you, and then I guess the second part, and this is something you you know of yourself or you see from people you're around, is just the, the work that goes into it. I mean, I think that's I think what's hardest to get people to understand who are like outside of this world is mm-hmm. you know it's not you're not going to trivia with your friends like I love that the people spend hours days literally weeks of their life studying for this and that's not considered like weird or like whoa why are you doing that to like the best people that and I think especially today with how amazingly competitive and how there's so many it's like the NBA there's so many good uh Kurtama players right now all of them are putting in the work, maybe some a little bit more than others, but it's, it's ours. Um, and I think I, I, I was awe-inspired in part because I knew how hard everyone was working, Florida, Virginia, Texas, et cetera, uh, that we played against the Nationals. 
Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, yeah, I think there's just a, like, once you get involved in Kurtaman from like a player side, I think things change a lot because like, there are a lot of things you just don't consider. I feel like just watching, I know like, uh, I had come in through like quiz bowl, um, and so I had a bit of an idea of like how to play a buzzing game, but then it's just a different realm entirely. Like, I don't know. It's, it's very, it's very cool to watch. Like I, just the difference of like how much advanced players have to like put in time versus like novice and intermediate. I mean, you still have to put in a lot of time respectively, right? Cause in advance you're building from like a foundation, but it's mm-hmm. just ridiculous. Like there's so much, it's actually absurd. It is. Yeah. And I may, sorry, maybe we'll, we'll jump to all this later, but I, I'm always fascinated about thinking about how can we give the parameters you know, more on each subject, you know, and some, some places do syllabuses really, uh, you know, sort of seriously, some other, other states slash tournaments don't. Um, but like, what's the balance on that to both give, you know, kids what they need to kind of like, okay, you do have a finite world of knowledge, like it is an mm-hmm. unlimited, while also respecting that there are people who really want to dive in and get the super hard stuff, like, you know, um, that that's an interesting balance to me is making it accessible, but then also having maybe stuff in advance semifinals, finals. It's like, okay, like you really like know your stuff. Yeah, no, that, that is definitely a hard balance. And I think, I think, uh, although we can talk about this probably in more depth a little later, uh, I think that pyramidal question style is kind of the getting to that kind of, uh, reward the insane, uh, deep cuts as people say, but then mm-hmm. also like reward players for knowing like, you know, still the foundational facts that you should know about whatever the question's asking. Right. I think it's like a pretty healthy balance to start for sure. So I wanted to continue with this and go into your actual experience as a player um, at the national scene. So for most people who don't really know, um, it wasn't really till the summer of 09 that you were getting like super, super big into history and becoming a Kurtaman player. Uh, you know, uh, this is before your senior year, before like you really like were getting into it. And you become the main history person for Florida's advanced Kurtaman team, which is just ridiculous. I think that you can do that in such a short amount of time. I mean, like, Florida is known for being such a competitive team and the fact that you can do it in like, I would like pretty much like a year, a little less than a year is like a very impressive feat. And so I have have, like two questions here that I really want to talk to you about is like, what led you to decide to start doing it? You're kind of like, like summer going into your senior year. And then like, how did you do it? Yeah, no, well, I thank you. You know, I, I appreciate the the kind words. Um, I think there's few things there. Uh, one, on just a practical level, um, Ben Van Gelder, you guys know, mm-hmm. I know him. He, so he was the year above me. Um, and, you know, went to Ocala and he did history, history, language, but, but he was really had that history spot when I was a junior, he was a senior. Um, so I think I played on the state team and like, you know, again, it was more just was there, maybe got a question I don't remember. Um, but with him leaving, I saw, okay, at if anything, like there is a, a clear void to fill here just for a call. Like I can learn history and I will actually get the chance to like be the quote unquote main person 
um, for the local stuff and then hopefully for state. And then the more kind of long-term, you know, dream was, okay, let's see if I can get all the way to nationals. Um, so I think I, I did get lucky with that, that Ben was, was, had graduated. And then I think there was, um, some, some competition that year, but I don't, as far as I recall, there wasn't like this, oh, I have to worry about this amazing history person from this other school who's already going to take Ben's spot. So I kind of had the, the vacuum to fill there. Uh, and then I guess as far as just the, the putting in the time, um, so <laughs> this actually had started the year in summer of 2008, but in summer of 2009, we really ramped up uh, what we called marathon days. And marathon days were where this is uh, Ben, I think really Ben Van Gelder came up with this, but then Jose and Gabriel, you know, were, were quickly in it too. Um, or we would get to Starbucks, like one that was near where we all lived at like 6 uh, a.m. And we would stay there. Uh, you know, we would go, maybe go, there's a gym nearby. We would get lunch, we get dinner. But other than that, we were at Starbucks till it closed at 10 p.m. So uh, we did... Um, like, a, I don't know, maybe four or five of those that summer 2009, again, this has been last year, so he's, like, studying really hard for nationals, but I was able to start really studying history in depth there, and so by the time I was coming into my senior year in September, I felt like I had a good foundation, especially Empire, I started with, and uh, memorizing the dates of the emperors, I, I always coach that as, like, a must thing, like, if you're going to start learning history, I think Republic can be kind of difficult to organize in your mind, but empire, you have very clear reigns. You need to know them, you know, basically all the way through Romulus Augustulus. Uh, that to me became kind of a way I was able to, to really start memorizing things is dates, is, is having the timelines in my mind. And that is for me, like how I'm able to just think about information is, is sort of when it happened relative to other things. Yeah, yeah, I think I think building like a narrative slash timeline is pretty important, especially for history out of anything. I mean, like it's literally chronology. Like you just kind of have to. Um, so yeah, I I think the uh, the marathon days uh, David Jackson mentioned before, but I didn't really I I didn't really put the connection together of who was doing it. But hearing now, you know, taking a part of it, that just sounds absurd. Like I mean. I can like kind of relate to having done something similar, but I, it's still just ridiculous to hear that you can maintain that kind of like work ethic for so long. Yeah, I know it's so, of course there's like, you know, there's probably maybe in a given hour, 45 minutes of the hour, we're just like hanging out and talking. Um, you know, I'm, these are like my, to this day, like, you know, some of my closest friends, I mean, I live with Gabriel in this apartment, like, so, um, and his wife, I should mention, but it's, it's, uh, I think it was, that was definitely like a draw for me. It was like, these are my close friends anyway. Yeah. It wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to go to Starbucks on a Saturday. And you know, I don't really know these guys that well. I was like, Oh, like, Hey man, what's up? Like, so that definitely, uh, was a huge motivating factor and to think, okay, are we going to be on the team together? You guys are also trying out, like, mm -hmm. you know, you never want to assume, you're making a team or anything like that, but it's like, you guys are right in, you care, you know, obviously. So, um, you know, I, I give those guys a ton of, of sort of, I don't know, just credit my own mind about my own willingness to kind of dive into it more. Yeah. I mean, the power of friendship, right? So it really motivates uh, people. 
Um, but the one thing I will say about marathon days, I think, and this, I, I, when I think about this, it almost doesn't even seem like real, but I think Gabriel did, uh, I think he did 17 of them his summer before nationals. And I think, which is like, yeah, I know, like saying you're like, hey, it's not even, how is that even real? And I think in, in that, he also does like a back to back, like, oh, I'm going to go home at 10, wake up like seven hours later and, and go back to it. Um, so yeah, and the, the, again, yeah, the concentration part's tough, but you, know, you got people, we had our core group and then maybe we had other um, OCAL JCLers, maybe some of the novices and intermediates to show up for three or four hours. And so it was sort of like Starbucks became our kind of study session place. I think that kind of helped to make it like cool and, you know, accessible for people. Yeah, no, no, that's super cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. And I, I think group studying, it can be unproductive at times because, you know, <laughs> you're gonna like start chatting and be like, oh, look at this. But I think, I think for the most part, it's super productive because when you have people who are also working alongside you, it really motivates you, I think, to also start working just as hard. Mm -hmm. So uh, you go into your in final NJCL convention in 2010, I want to say. And this yes. is at Fargo. Um, at Fargo, yeah. The famous, the famous Fargo Dome, I think. Was the Fargo Dome there? I don't know much yes. about you. Oh, yeah, it was there. <laughs> okay, incredible. So this is your, like, first NJCL Kurtaman experience as far as I'm aware yes and you just make it to finals you know not a big deal or anything okay you know just make it to finals your first time around in advanced out of all divisions and y'all end up getting third in a super tough match with I believe Texas and Wisconsin were the other two yes. uh, mm -hmm. states y'all were playing and can you kind of just tell us what that tournament was like for you like as an individual yeah no so I was I felt Depth of knowledge-wise, I felt good. I, I felt, and Republic had been something I'd really focused on more senior year after kind of laying the groundwork on Empire. Um, but I was, I was just nervous, honestly. And like, it's funny coaching now, and you always, you know, you talk to kids about nerves and how to kind of just, you know, play, kind of move on from a question no matter how it goes. And um, I think I was relatively good at kind of in the moment like okay I just messed up question seven now you know I'll hear another history question toss up you know like 14 um so I you know got to be ready for that but like during between the rounds I would feel really nervous for the next round I would feel like oh like I wish I'd gotten that one I mean we've all had that feeling but I think those feelings are are multiplied when it's your very first time doing it um and and I think if I, I, I feel like having the depth of knowledge, like, of course, like that's, that's maybe the most important thing you got to know the stuff, but to, to have had, to have a year where you're kind of going through the motions and you're understanding sort of how the, not how to play the nationals questions, but more how to play in that environment. I, I wish not a regret, but I wish I had maybe gotten that in 2009 when I wasn't really going to be doing much anyway. I've been like, if I had tried out and made the team just as sort of like a alternate player, I think that would have been really good for me. So just coming into it, it's like on one hand, yes, I'm playing five rounds. This is what I wanted. I'm really, I'm proud of myself. But on the other hand, like, I'm not like, you know, cool as a cucumber here. I mean, it was, mm -hmm. it was nervous. Um, but the, I think the tournament itself, I mean, I remember being funny and I remember I got only got five questions 
the whole time. I, and I, I do remember that year pretty vividly. I got one in round one, two in round two, zero round three, one in the semis, and then one in the finals. Um, and I, you know, I, I have the specific questions in my mind. And, and when they came up, like in coaching years after that, I'd be like, oh, this is the 2010 round three, because I, I remember it. And to this day, I'm like, oh, you know, I wish I got this or that. But, you know, I'm a no regrets, obviously. I'm very happy to have gotten the experience at all. Uh, we played against a really uh, great Texas team in the finals and a good Wisconsin team. So, you know, the result I'm good with, I think for me personally, it's just like, oh, that question, like, God, how can I miss that? That kind of thing. So, yeah, no, for sure. That That's a super common experience, I think, where it's like, especially first year, I, th- I think once you start, you get to play more, which I think people underestimate how much it means just to get a year of playing, no yes. matter like, you know, how well did you do? Like just getting a year under your belt really changes a lot. And for sure, they're the questions you hear them and you're like, how did I miss this? Or like, how did I not? But because like, you know, once you learn the question, you learn the fact and it just sits in your head and you're like, oh my, I needed to, yeah. I mean, that's that's totally relatable. But I was curious how finals was for you. Because uh, I, like I imagine semi, I guess semis and finals, because I can imagine like the pressure, especially for first time can be like a lot to feel while playing. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think I, I don't think I ever had the thought in my mind in, in really at semis and finals, like, oh, like I'm going to, I'm going to help my team win. I think my approach is more like I'm, I trust my teammates to play really well and hopefully it works out. And if I get one or two, then I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And I think like on one hand, you know, that, that I think is a more maybe down to earth approach, but maybe in that circumstance where it's like, whether you are brand new or whether you played four years, like kind of in the round, you have to, you really have to have a lot of self-confidence, I think. And it's mm-hmm. tough. It's really tough. But um I think I, I wish I had sort of maybe been more like, all right, yeah, you know, I got this, like feeling a little bit more, more confident. But I mean, in the round though, I mean, I think I, I was also like, this is awesome. Like I'm, I'm, I think what you just said reminded me of this is, I think, you know, when we get caught up in talking about like Kratom at its highest level on nationals and you know, winning championships in the Hall of Fame, like that is, that's like, all that stuff is fun, but it's, it's also not realistic for, you know, vast majority of people who are anchor Tom. And, and so I, I sort of feel that feeling that not total confidence thing. Like that's, that's just, that's how I think it is going to be for most people. Um, and it's okay for it to be that way. I don't, I don't want to be down on myself for not feeling more confident because I wouldn't want anyone else to be down on themselves for not being more confident, whether it's their first year or their fifth year. I mean, sometimes you just, it's just, it's common and that is sort of the curse of it is it can be hard to, to feel that. So um, looking back, I think I wish I'd just been more happy about it. And I was appreciative to be there, but kind of more just like, Hey, whatever, like I'm mm-hmm. going, going to college after this, like, it's all good. I'm here with my closest friends. Like what could be better? You know? So, yeah, no, I think I think that's a good takeaway, and I think that's a good mentality because sometimes that also helps a lot of people. Is like, sure, you're not necessarily more confident, but if you're like, I'm just gonna get what I can get and do what I can do, that changes a lot. Like, it really makes a difference when you don't you don't put pressure on yourself. Like, I have to get every single question that I know I can get in this round. Like, 
I think I think that's a good play style, and I don't think a lot of people approach it that way, which is unfortunate. I mean, it's understandable; it's competition, um, but I yeah. think, I think it's good. I think it's healthy. For sure, yeah. So, uh, I always ask this question. Everyone's always like, I don't have any one specific, you know, favorite JCL memory. I have had thousands, and I mean, totally understandable, very relatable, but. You did mention a story to me in passing that I wanted you to elaborate on about throwing away a test. Would you be willing to? Oh, so, yeah, this is funny. Um, <laughs> so, it, I, I actually didn't. So, throwaway test, that's actually metaphorical. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay. This is, and it kind of ties in, I think, to the kind of turning more towards Gertaman, but junior year, um, it wasn't warming up on the empire, but wasn't anchored Tommy yet. Uh, we would at then at Florida, you could take two tests at state. So and everyone had to pick their two tests and we had our, I think we could take like 25 people. And so we sort of have this methodology. Okay. Who's taking this test? And some people double up, obviously that's fine. Um, so Hellenic history was like my first thing I got like really good at in JCL and, and like the, you know, first thing I really like, okay, studied hard, like as, as anything in, in JCL. Uh, so I needed a second test. I kind of like done some geography and some like, you know, I, random stuff, maybe you have to have here and there. Uh, and then I, so Greek lit, Greek, I wanted to do great, did Hellenic, did the Greek history, may as well do Greek lit. So, um, Okay, you know, I, so I think Mr. J, and we've joked around about this for years, I don't think he'll mind me saying it on here. Uh, he, I think, said either to me or maybe he said it to Gabriel that my second test, the Greek literature test, would be like a throwaway test. And he was joking, he didn't mean literally a throwaway test, like, okay, maybe Connor will get like top five, top seven of 10. Like, that's fine. Like, that's, he's focused on Hellenic. So I, I you know, that for me was was pretty motivating because it's like okay like i've seen some success with clinic here like i'm i'm kind of like figuring it out so i wanted to i wanted to to prove myself to him so i uh, wrote up these notes for for greek lit uh went through uh, the occl and really was just trying to get real in depth there uh and then we went to state and i uh, actually ended up getting uh, best of show on Greek oh, literature wow. of all levels. So after that, like, you know, <laughs> I was like making fun of him and we, you know, we joke around about it. Um, but that's sort of a fun memory because I think it's, I think, you know, you, I'm not like an ultra competitive guy who is going to get really like all rivalry ish and all this. I'm not really like that. But for you know mr j is like you know one of the role models of my life and you know he always believes in me he's like oh like you know yeah, we'll do pretty well it's like no man like i think i think i'm gonna do really well on it actually so um it's 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 just it's a fun thing and i think getting that getting that double first in junior year kind of made built my confidence more holistically that that i could then transfer to kurtaman uh so that's that's a fun one um, I think other than that, like favorite JCL memories, it's, it's just is like, like being in Vegas in 2013, just random conventions post high school coaching, being in college, going and playing cards at night with 
like Mike Howard or playing Kurtzman with, with Mike Howard from Mass and um, just sort of that that kind of chillness of you know coaching you know we're we're into that but it, it's not the same I mean you aren't supposed to get all you are supposed to be you're there for the kids you're there to do whatever you can for them and then when you know when that part of it's done you can kind of just enjoy nationals on the level of hanging out if you're with your friends who also decide to come back so I just I grew to really appreciate that I think yeah no for sure I mean that's that's fun. Yeah, those those types of stories are always those are the fun motivators. When someone's like, I mean, they'll probably do all like, yeah, that I've I've definitely had my fair share of experience with that type of motivation where someone's like, ah, oh, they'll do okay. And it's like, no, no, I'm here to prove you wrong now. So post JCL, um, you mentioned you kind of do a bit of coaching here and there. And so I was kind of curious if you want to just kind of tell us where you are now, like, you know, as a person, how in relation to the JCL, just kind of like what you've done. Yeah, so now, um, like I said, living in uh, Massachusetts, I came up here in 2016 for for graduate school, um, and I think I got got really lucky coming coming here. Uh, and I actually lived with uh, Michael Howard and Gabriel for a few years, and it, I think our Facebook group name is like Kurtam and HQ. I mean, you know those. I mean, you, you know, like how, how into it those dudes are, but, you know, um, Mike, especially, I mean, I, I just have just infinite respect for how much time he, you know, not only as a Latin teacher, uh, but Kurt Hammond to him, I think it's really something that he wants to, he's always writing, he's always trying to come up with, with new stuff. And so it was really fun to be uh, in that uh, with, with the two of them and to be in, you know, somewhere like Massachusetts that had, you know, has a lead obviously in, in BLS and, and all the great things about it. Um, but before, before I moved up, uh, I, you know, went to University of Florida for college, which is in Gainesville where O'Call is. So it was very easy to sort of just stay uh, involved. And, you know, that meant, okay, like after class, let me drive back over to O'Call and maybe I'll, I'll be here and I'll, run the buzzers for this practice or read some questions to the intermediates or something like that. Um, and I think just doing that throughout the year on a local level, we got to summer 2011 and Jose and me, who had also graduated with me and gone to UF with me, uh, we, we were kind of like, Hey, like, can we coach, you know, novice or can we kind of be involved, you know? So, um, that I think that that just sort of happened, um, and then once we had it that first year in 2011, I think that was Eastern Kentucky. Uh, we then got we coached the team. They actually got second uh, to Amol Punjabi in the uh, oh, wow. at the novice finals. Yeah, they had a Massachusetts had a comeback at the end of that one. So it was it was like ah like we were so close, but it was still like it was a really fun team. Like Jose's brother was on the team, so. Uh, from there, I was like, oh, I love this. Like, I love coaching. I love working with the kids. Like, let me just uh, continue to, to try to be involved. So from 2012, 13, uh, up until I moved to Boston, and I guess after, was still coaching Florida every summer in some way. Sometimes it was more like in person. I'm there. Sometimes it was more I'm doing other stuff, but I'll, I'll uh, you know, try to come down for a practice or two. Uh, maybe I'm just writing a lot of questions, um, but yeah, no, I, I'm very lucky to have to have gotten the opportunity to to do that and have time for it. Yeah, for sure. I think 
that's another kind of common thread that we've seen throughout some of our interviews is like, you know, former player going back for like, you know, not really necessarily thinking like, this is something I want to do. And then just kind of falling in love with it at the beginning. So that's always really cool. Yeah, no, I, I love seeing you, you. Yeah, like you're saying, there's a lot of people who who come back and it's like, oh, I remember them from last year. There was that super good kid on that team, and now they're coaching. Like, how cool is that? How cool is that for them? Um, and I and I really, you know, you talk about the you know impact uh, you know teachers have is is tremendous. I I love seeing people who realize on a volunteer basis, whether it's for Kurt Tommen or another aspect of, of JCL, they can come in and this little work here, this little work here, going nationals, chaperoning, like that's very much needed. Like this is a small world. And I think giving back whatever you can, whether it's coaching full throttle or on a smaller level, it's, it, it is impactful. Definitely. Um, so wanted to kind of change gears a little bit, it's like some somewhat in the same vein, you know, like the first time I ever heard of you as, as like a novice history player is, you know, like the, the Connor Harrison history notes, you know, which is like, I think for many people, it's kind of like, like a Bible, you know, like the first thing you really read like for history. And so like, I was kind of wondering like, how did that really come about? Like, especially in relation to coaching in terms of like, yeah. Yeah, no, well, thank you. I, I appreciate you saying that. Um, it's so yeah that first summer 2011 um our history was well i don't think we had like an established like novice who had been doing out throughout the year it was like really good it was more kind of like our, our sort of scrappy category that year and so the notes for me was saying hey instead of getting you to read parts of Carrie and Scholar, which is already really hard to read for anyone, let alone a novice trying to figure out which exact parts of it you need to know for novice. Uh, it's like, let's try to make these into notes. So the notes today are, are, are quite a bit longer than that first version where it was very like level one. Um, and and I think even more basic back then, my perception of what you need to know at the novice level is different than what you need to know at novice level in history. Now, I think you need to know much more now. I think back then you could kind of have your, you know, 40 or 45, I'm just making up a number of things that it's like, okay, if you memorize this, you're gonna get some stuff in nationals. So that was the approach we took. I'm not, and it was flawed at the time. Like I like, this isn't ideal. Like I would love if they would dive into Scholard and Heichelheim, but that's, it's, we have nothing to happen. It's not going to happen. So the notes are really a product of that. It was saying, okay, let's see if we can push the envelope on history with just like a quick guide. Um, and I think after that in 2012, it was like, okay, let's take these, let's expand it to be for intermediate. So add X amount more information. And then, uh, after that, it was, okay, we have a pretty good base here. Let's just add some extra stuff to make it sort of pretty holistic. Be I, How I think of it now is, okay, like, if you know the, all, everything in the notes, then you should know most of the advanced prelim stuff, I think. And I, maybe I'm way off on that. But, um, so yeah, I, I think Scholard, it, it, you know, just in general, is, is very difficult text to read. I understand that it's very, you know, sort of renowned in, in the sort of historiography of Rome and all that, but 
uh, for, for Tom and purposes, I think, you know, there might be, Heigelheim's a great read, but it doesn't have, especially for Republic, it doesn't have the depth of information. And that's a lot of Empire stuff and late Empire that you need to know, but there's not one perfect source for history. Like Conti for lit, I feel like if you read that, you, you're you going to be really strong. Yes, there's stuff in Rose. I think they dropped Haddis, but it's Conti, go for it. You're going to be really good. History, Scholar, yeah, but there's going to be little pockets of things you're missing still. So I think that was sort of the, the main notes motivation. Yeah, yeah, the Scholar is, uh, is definitely not an easy read at all. But I, I think another kind of aspect of that is like, you know, I'm all the way here in Texas, right? And like, the the girl who did history and the level above me was like here's this packet you know and it's like kind of crazy how far it's kind of circulated not just like you know within Ocal or Florida but just like all over yeah no I this is I, I like talking about this a lot because I think early on like the idea like I wasn't like sharing notes I, I don't think I've ever been opposed to that but I think for that team in 2011 like it didn't even occur to me like oh someone else might find this helpful for me it was very like narrowly focused this is just for like the one or two kids on our team and then I, I think maybe in 2014 or 15 I put it on the Facebook group um, you know and, and I, I think yeah I feel very strongly that yeah we should really share notes you know as often as possible and I know like states are going to have their own sort of like here's our stuff and here's our specific kind of nuggets that we are might come up in the semis like we're gonna guess that like that's totally cool obviously but um I I guess I felt like well Scollard is if I think it's causing you know headaches for people in Florida well certainly you know you could say that for any historian you know um so I I'm 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 really happy that it's circulated, uh, not because I you know it's it's very nice to hear people say kind things and to give like an autograph here or there like I'm a, that's awesome like that's like a nice moment but for me like if someone's picking up a packet, my name could not even be on it. They're like, okay, this is helping me get better Kurtaman. This is helping make this less stressful and more fun and build my confidence like that genuinely like that's that's really like what I care about. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of good packets out there for, for history and for the other subjects that I think uh, collectively we've all done a good job of, of sharing around. And uh, I think Ryan Vincent from Tennessee even, I think his, he has a website. I'm not sure if it's his school site, but he has like all these resources you guys have probably seen. Like, I think if kids see that, it's like, oh, okay. Like, yes, you should read the books. Yes, you do need to read Scollard if you want to be like the greatest historian ever, you don't try to use notes to do it. You go make your own notes from the books. But if you're just trying to get there to start off, then, then yeah, I think we can, we can give people that. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think the prevalence of kind of guides and notes has been really big for like, if we're trying to expand the game beyond, you know, just the people like, so there's not so much of a gap between, you know, those who've read the Scullard and the Heikelheim and like have all this stuff down and then, those who like maybe don't have access to it and just like want to learn a few things. I think it's pretty helpful. For sure. Yeah. Thank um, you. Yeah, sure. And then, so another thing is kind of like, you know, you're, you're writing this guide as you're coaching. And so like, I, I was wondering like, how did those kind of interact? Like, were there any, I, I know you touched on the chronology approach of like, you know, knowing the rain dates, but like, are there any other specific kind of takeaways that helped, helped you while writing the guide and while coaching? Yeah, um, 
I, I became, I think a lot of like hardcore cryptometers are, are really fascinated by this question, which is, we were kind of talking about this earlier, like how do you divide up what we should ask a novice, intermediate, and advanced? Like how do you conceptualize that? That's going to differ by tournament, by whether it's nationals or not. Um, so I think just the more I questions I heard, the more I just personally got better at Kurtaman as post high school, as I kept up with it, I began to think, you know, think on a more confident level of what should go in the notes relative to like, what's like you're saying going to help a novice versus an intermediate. Um, and I think how much I push the notes is something to use really dependent on their, you know, where they were at and how motivated they seem to, to dive into the text. Um, like it maybe if it was uh, like a first tryout, for instance, uh, you know, and it's like, okay, like history seemed pretty good, but we are really spotty on, you know, Republic, uh, then I might point to, okay, well, make sure you get all that base stuff down. Like make sure you use the notes, just make sure you know all the, I don't want to say easy stuff, but all the sort of like mainstream things in history that we can expect to come up really at any level. Um, you know, you, you have to know, what like Salinator at Mataras River like that's you know just random stuff like that's like okay like you got to know that um so if they already like kind of have that base down then I would turn more towards okay here's within the scholar maybe read chapter 17 19 23 um to give them a little bit more guidance there and then if it's advanced um, the notes do have some late empire stuff, but the, like kind of the really weird wonky stuff is, you know, in Heikelheim. Um, so it would point to that. Uh, so it was sort of, notes are sort of like a first, like, okay, do you know the base stuff? Great. Let's move on to tax. If not, then maybe let's spend some more time with the notes. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's very cool to hear, especially while coaching, I think, because, you know, you're, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like a living thing in that regard because it was like changing kind of as you went and coached and learned and wrote um and yeah i think i think that's just very cool to hear that that's kind of how the guide came about because you know it's like oh we're like this just get randomly written up was there a motivation to it and it's neat to hear you know that it's like oh this was designed originally to help players and now it's literally used by most players to be like, this is where I start at least. Cause it's a good, it's a, an amazing like place to start. Right. Cause it's, it's very readable. So you can also like digest the information and not be carrying scholared where you get a long tangent and like analogy to some British battle that you have no idea about. Yeah, no, exactly. I think what, what, where I always, this is, I think the big flaw in the notes for me is that I'm not trying to capture like the kind of, the wording of the leading clues that mm -hmm. might appear, especially in this uh, in this pyramidal format, um, you know, I, I I wasn't trying to do that. I wasn't trying. Okay, here are all the buzzwords. Like, if you hear this, it's going to be this. Like that. That to me is where you really have to just go into the books. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to try to. So exactly, the notes are more like, okay, here is just the information, not not how it's worded in Scholard or Heigelheim. Therefore, yeah, long-winded question. You're looking for some crazy clue that's going to give it away. Like, you're not going to get that um, from the notes. And that, and if you're, like, a really, like, elite, you know, historian, like, that's the fun, the, uh, that's the fun stuff to, to talk about. But I think, again, going back to the, the vast majority of people are, are not there and they, you know, why, why would they be? Um, 
it's just like, okay, let's just learn the information. And especially at local tournaments, I feel like, um, you know, I can't speak to everyone, but I think for Florida, like, you know, the questions, you know, they're more kind of just standard, shorter, probably maybe, you know, just Kurtaman questions. You're not getting into these, uh, you know, really awesome, like Kearney-esque, you know, uh, ways of writing things. It's, it was just more kind of just straightforward. So, um, yeah, I think that, and I think that's, that's the, the main thing is, is getting into the sources for all those, like, oh, well, here's this, you know, weird thing about whoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I want to kind of, like, change gears once more here, because um, mm-hmm. I want to now really just talk about uh, thoughts on the JCL as a whole um, in certain aspects of it. So, as you mentioned earlier, in high school, you studied a lot of the Greek subjects. Uh, you mentioned Hellenic history is the first thing you really got good at. Um, and then you did Greek lit. I don't know if Florida splits Greek life and Greek lit or if it's one test like Nats does. They, it's funny. They don't have, unless it's changed, they do not have Greek life oh, okay. actually at all. Yeah. Interesting. So uh, Greek, though, is kind of a largely overlooked area for the JCL as a whole. I mean, like uh, Dr. Sango Jackson has like almost every year at Nationals talks about the NGE um, and really tries to, you know, advocate for it. But for the most part, like, there just aren't that many people taking Greek, mostly because, you know, schools aren't offering it. And so that's a pretty big, like, motivator to not really do Greek stuff, because you don't really have any intro place to start with. And I was curious, kind of, like, your thoughts on uh, really, like, you know, Agon coming back to nationals and you know, Agon's a pretty good, because like it's a competition, so it's a really good way to bring Greek back into JCL in a bigger light than it already has been. And I was wondering just, like, what you thought of that and, like, what you kind of hope comes from this. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Uh, I I love Agon. I'm so happy they did it this year. Like, I, like, if, if you tell me now, hey, we're going to have Agon in Nationals for the next, like, 20 years, like, that would be, make me so happy. I don't think there's, I don't know if there's any single thing I care about more as, like, a, a having it in Nationals than having, than having Agon for all the reasons, you know, you're, you're, you've said. Um, so, just for analogy for me, like, I would, I've never, I'm not just saying this, like, I've never been a strong Latin student. I majored in it and it was pretty good in college, but I always was, was, you know, having to work really hard to keep up in class. And so on its own, would I be into Latin if it weren't for JCL? Probably not, you know, by this, and Kurtaman specifically, I think for me, whether it's creatives, whether it's the testing, whether it's Kurtaman, you know, you have those areas to kind of strengthen your love of the language itself. Similarly of Agon, um, I like to believe that, you know, I, for on one, one level, you're a kid, you know, like me who did Hellenic history, wasn't able to buzz on it. Now you have that opportunity. You have the Kurtam and you can bring in your history knowledge to that. That's cool. But on another level, you know, does Agon mean we can also grow Greek as a, as a language? Um, do and get, does the Hellenic kid who goes and plays Agon, does he, after national say, you know what, it'd be really cool to, to dive into the Greek language. I know it's mm-hmm. tough, but like, what, why don't I give it a shot? Or uh, is there some online thing I do? And uh, so for me, like having Agon is only a net positive. Like even if it doesn't have that conversion with with actually growing Greek language itself, like we are no matter what giving an opportunity to for mm-hmm. the Greek subject kids to to get to play. I mean, I just yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I I think, yeah, that's a big thing that I always talk about is kind of opportunity and offering it. And I think Agon's a very good way to do that because, you know, like, kid goes in, they don't really know Greek, but they're like, wait, I can't play any of the language questions because I don't know Greek. And maybe you'll motivate them to learn some Greek because they're like, hey, I can be competitive if I can just pick up even a bit of language because not that many students study Greek. It's just not offered nationwide very much. Um, and I was wondering, did you see enough of like Agon at Nats? Like, did you get to watch some of the rounds? I actually don't know if I caught uh, much or any of it at Nationals. I, I mean, I guess I was, you know, I was working during the day. So I think I, you know, I had to skip a fair amount of things. But um, we did, the years we'd done it previously, so like, you know, 2013, 14, um, I I've I've I love that the environment seemed less tense, more fun, more relaxed than Kurtaman. And I think moving forward, it's it's important to kind of keep it there. Like obviously, like you know, it is a competition inherently, but you know, we can make the keep the questions easier. We can keep you know, it, it's all one level, right? I think mm -hmm. right now, like yeah. that makes sense to me. Um, let's just have it be this more down to earth kind of thing. I think that's a really good, uh, you know, kind of foil to Kurtaman, which I think, you know, is wonder has wonderful sportsmanship. It's not a matter of that, but it's a matter of saying, okay, we, this is, this does feel a little bit more tense. This has been around a lot longer. This has much more sort of history behind it. Um, so yeah, I think they complement each other really well. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was crazy to see, cause I, I got to like mod a bit and help out and it was absurd to see how good kids were. Because, you know, when you don't have, like, the buzzing competition to really see, like, you know, how much do these students actually know about the Greek language, the history, the culture, the myth. Like, it was very, it was like, wow, these people know a lot. Like, it, it wasn't like a, oh, we had the highest team scoring going into semis had, like, you know, whatever, whatever, like a low number of points, pretty much. Like, it was like people were putting up competitive numbers, which I think is really good. And, I mean... I think this Nationals had 21 teams. So, like, I wow. think, like, that is a good wow. sign that, like, hopefully you can keep up like that or maybe even grow. Because I am I know a lot of, like, players Teddy played. I think a lot of people enjoyed Agon a lot. I think they found it fun. It wasn't, as you said, super serious. I mean, people were still competing, but it wasn't, like, Kurtaman. Kurtaman has this, like, bloodthirstiness that's just kind yeah. of sitting there. It's, like, a bit too tense, one might say. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think so. And, and I'm, no, I'm really happy to hear, though, that it was that had that easiness. But like you're saying, it also was competitive and people were getting stuff. And, uh, you know, the 21 teams, I mean, that's I mean, we haven't done this formally in like six years. I mean, the fact that people are I mean, that to me is such huge evidence for, for that. This should continue. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, I mean, so along the lines of this, but now going into Kurt Tom and I was wondering, like, uh, kind of about your thoughts on the scene and first I really want to talk about the virtual setting and how you kind of think people have handled that yeah um, I've been very pleasantly surprised by the virtual stuff I think I had you know I, I had been on Ventrilo and TeamSpeak that kind of stuff previously but I had never thought made the connection of hey we can use these things um you know, for Kurtzhaman, I just assume oh, there's going to be lag, there's going to be some weird, like, flaw that makes it so it's just not the same thing. But honestly, uh, I think the Discord stuff, the, like, elite thing that Mike and Gabe are running, or, like, mm -hmm. the 15 rounds we played over summer, 
um like that was like that was awesome like that was great and then i think zoom i think i even like more as as a as a forum i like you know like seeing people on video but i think you know that they seem you know you have a little bit of that lag you know you, you everyone sort of knows but like for the most part like it's been it's been pretty seamless and i think the most important thing is all of a sudden it seems like we have a way more people who want to play Chris Hammond because now they can, because now they don't have to worry about, oh, I can't afford to travel here or do this mm -hmm. or my school doesn't, you know, whatever it is. Like those are all really, there's a lot of very specific and uh, unique to each state, each local, each town that has Chris Hammond of, of reasons why we don't see more people at nationals. And you now with the virtual stuff, it's, it frees up so much. It's mm -hmm. so flexible. Um, so I want that to, to be something even after, you know, hopefully the world is, is back to normal, whenever that is like, I hope we will continue with the virtual stuff like we are now. Cause it's, I think it, it means so much to kids who, who otherwise you know, wouldn't get to go to a tournament. Yeah, no, I think, I think the really big thing about the virtual thing you like described very well is the accessibility because now you have all these students who have more or less, unfortunately, I don't think the JCL designed it this way, but it's just kind of how it turns out, is there's effectively a paywall. Like, you have to have money to afford, especially, like, especially if you're not in the East Coast. I mean, like, you automatically are barred from every single college event, unless you're either your school has enough money and is willing to pay for you to fly and go play, or, you know, rent some, like, a car, or you have to do it all out of pocket. Like, I mean, like, the national convention is, like, it varies, I guess, from year to year, like 400 to $500 to come play. Yeah. You understand, like, why people are doing this. But, like, like I mean, there's convention costs. Like, it makes sense. But at the same time, it's just, that's, like, you are automatically financially barred. And I think the virtual setting really just skips that. As, as long as you have an internet connection and a computer, which we can't say everyone has, and, I mean, sure, it's still some form of barrier, but I think it's becoming more and more normalized because the internet's just become more and more normalized that like, that's a more or less reasonable thing to assume whether or not they have great connection is always a different discussion. But I think it really just jumps over that paywall because no one's going to really charge for you for online things. And for the most part, they're going to be like, just if you can get a discord account or like a zoom account and just connect to this thing, we need you to like join like a voice chat in the text channel. Like you can play Kirtaman. Yeah. No, it's so cool to, to to think about it. Like you really can play. It's not like we're playing like an off version of it. No, we're playing mm -hmm. your topic pretty much ninety eight percent of the way there. So, um, I I'm curious uh, if you guys ever utilized uh, Discord or, or you know that sort of platform for just practice in general. Because I'm, it's crazy to think now like with Florida, you know tryouts. It was like okay, everyone. We Gainesville is sort of central relative to Tallahassee's to the north, Orlando's to the south, Jacksonville's also the northeast. So it's like, okay, everyone's coming to Gainesville, but it's like, ah, we're asking you to drive two hours, like one way mm -hmm. to be here for three tryouts. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm, this summer we were able to really, I wasn't really um, as involved in coaching, but the, I mean, Discord, I mean, beyond obviously the, the times, I mean, D Discord and, and Zoom are really ruling. And I think like next year, like not only for accessibility, but from just a coaching perspective, like 
you know, use that, like, get, even if it isn't going to be in person, like, let's, let's just have more touch points through Discord. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to get into a car, you know, let's, you know, let's, let's use this, so. Yeah, I, I, I personally, I don't think Texas as a whole, as far as I'm aware, um, had ever used Discord or Zoom or anything for online practices, which is really weird because, like, once people did it, everyone was like, oh, this is so reasonable. It makes so much sense. Like, exactly. you, can just, you just click the enter button. It's like you're clicking the buzzer and your buzz goes through. They stop reading. They call you. Like, it's so intuitive once people did it. But I, I don't think uh, anyone did, including myself, before, like, this whole pandemic started. Like, you know, I think Kearney introducing the CML was like the first real place that I saw it happen. And I was like, oh, no way. Like, this makes so much sense. Like, why did no one ever think to just do this in the first place? Yeah, I think right. also for, for big states, especially like Florida, <laughs> but even even more so for Texas, you know, like whenever we do state, like the winning team usually will let people join if they want, but like we only get to see them like, you know, once or twice because, you know, Houston, Texas, or can't talk Houston, San Antonio, Austin, like, you know, it's not close. So, but yeah, like this year, we were able to have people from Austin, Houston, San Antonio, you know, practicing three to four times a week. Like, so I, I think, yeah, it's a really big advantage. Yeah. So I was wondering from more of a, like a game perspective, are there any like certain things you would, you either have seen change that you like and want to continue, or is there still something you're like, I think we could do this better. Maybe I want to see this kind of come in. Yeah. Uh, I've talked to Mike Kearney about this uh, and he doesn't agree with me and he and I, he has some really good arguments against but i think we should have four pure history and mm-hmm. and rounds as a standard um he put out the so i guess i'll back up um if you're some i i never was good at customs i know a little bit but i wasn't like the history guy is also going to get the customs question i was relying on on jose molina to do that on um you know my uh, nationals team but that the, if you are only a person who knows history then it's three questions around and I uh, I'm all for asking customs like I absolutely I understand why that's significant why that's important geography too I I'm pretty good at geography um but but I could we replace a language instead could we have four peer history seven language in advance and then one customs and or geography around i'm a pretty big proponent of that um the i guess sort of a one big argument i, I have for that is lit uh is four questions you know as as i think it should be um but i find that the literature overall is more finite and knowledge not that it might be in reality but the way we ask for common i feel is um, you're going to hear Augustine about every year. You're going to hear Aeneas every year, you know, and maybe we should ask the most famous and notable authors every year, but I think we could, uh, and that, and if that's the way it is on lit, that's fine. I'm saying, okay, on history, which we, where we do ask a, a bigger pool of information in my observation, let's, let's have that before as well. Uh, Kearney has thrown out the idea of do it three and a half. So it's four pure history round one, three history and a customs round two, four, or something like that, which I, I think that's pretty good. But I still would say, um, you know, take out the one language, you still have seven and then 
you know, I, so I, I would say in terms of just like tactically, like that's something I am I'm big on. Um, and, and going back to Lit, you know, I think I love seeing the way Lit's evolved. I think it's definitely become like a more sort of sophisticated in the mm-hmm. way the questions are written and more interesting lead-ins and all that, the peer modality stuff. But, um, you know, as you guys know, like there's like a lot of dudes in Conti, a lot of people in Conti that I don't think I've ever been asked or people will do the, oh, that's too weird and hard. Oh, Nonius Marcellus, like that's wonky. I'm like, is it like, you know, if it's there, like if, if I, I don't know, I think we could, I think we could uh, keep uh, progressing in that plane and let now I understand the counter argument to all of this is, well, if you're going to make her Tom and you're going to make people know more, then how is that making it more accessible? And that goes back to the whole question of, of balanced. Um, yeah, well, I mean, so this, this discussion actually of replacing language, uh, PCL uh, recently did, uh, where mm-hmm. they replaced. And I think, honestly, it's, it's a fair point because from a, uh, like, the perspective of a historian, like, you, in the, cur- in the current setup, you are given less questions than if you're a myth player or a lit player. Just objectively, you're only getting asked three questions on your category. And then, sure, if it's geography, usually a historian will know geography because, I mean, it's just productive to understand, you know, the world you're working with when you're thinking about it. So it's like, that's kind of, you know, that's fine. But customs can kind of like, in some way, you just need to know language. I mean, like, if you think about it in the most basic form, all of customs is just like a bunch of different vocabulary terms that like the Romans used to refer to various things. And I, I totally think customs is like something we should ask because it's the life of the people we are studying. It is totally makes sense to ask. But I do agree that like historians just are now randomly being told like you don't get the same number of questions as everyone else in their category. And replacing like language, I mean, language at eight questions already just leads to really repetitive question formats. We have like maybe two quid case significats, which first of all, I don't think are very good question formats, but you just get two of those. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe two translations, a quick verb flip or like noun change, uh, get the passage, maybe a PMAQ, maybe a derivatives. Like you can really by, like sure, you only, you take one question away, Let's, or language already eight questions in the round. You can almost entirely win a round on just language if you have like such a dominant language player that you don't even need the culture. Like you can almost just do it entirely from there. Like I think reducing it to seven besides maybe balancing a bit more its dominance in the game. And like mm-hmm. if you have just like a superior lang- like language player, you just win the round. You also give history players like, you know, the que- like the same number of questions as a myth and lit player. And I mean, you can like guarantee you ask a culture slash geography every round, like uh, even if you replace a language and it doesn't do too much, I think. Well, um, no, it's, exactly. No, it's a very good way of articulating it. Um, you brought something to mind uh, along the accessibility discussion, which is that so a novice right now, and I know it's sort of varies year to year, but it's, you know, three history, one geography, one customs, or maybe it's kind of alternating back and forth, but you're asking, and, it, and the questions I don't think are too hard. And again, I, I think it, the, the questions themselves are accessible, but if you're asking someone to do history, oh, by the way, you gotta know some geography and you gotta know some customs, that to me is less accessible than if you just said, we're just doing history. 
-hmm. we're just that's all it's going to be and that doesn't solve yes i do want to have customs ask to do an geography ask but um maybe even at the novice level if you're saying okay you're going to get your four um and then you're going to have and then the yeah the geography or customs is going to be a language question instead it almost for the historian it's almost like okay i'll have my four focus and then that one geography customs is sort of like up to everyone like yeah i i i can try to be the person who specializes in that but you know maybe it's our our maybe our language person is is really good at customs maybe it's our myth kid wants to pick up um you know so i i've i think it's like have the four like you're saying and then have the customs but just don't have it be pinched hold who should commit to that i guess yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think like uh, there. I guess, I guess for me at least, I don't really see how having more history questions kind of uh, reduces accessibility because you can just there's so there there's so many established facts like you can definitely ask or at least like you know you can change it in creative ways to avoid it. But I don't think adding more questions necessarily implies less accessibility. I think it also some people like. I mean, from a perspective of like. Uh, I think history players, I mean, you two can attest to this and I'm sure many others can, like, it doesn't feel very good to know, like, you are having less questions than everyone else. No. <laughs> like, you're just being told, like, hey, you have to know 1,200 years of information um, and you're going to get three questions around. And then the culture question can be gotten by literally anyone. It, it, there's, you don't gain anything from being a historian. And it's like, oh, cool. Thank you for letting me know that I'm not playing the same number of questions as everyone else. No, yeah, man, you, exactly. You put it perfectly like that. I, that's definitely how I've, how I felt. Um, so I, I try to be honest with myself. Am I just saying this because it's, you know, the category I'm best at or, you know, or what I were, if I were watching around, take everything else out in a vacuum, would I like that better? And I, I don't know. I've, just, I guess, on the subject, one other interesting thing Mike brought up um, was he some history, I think, sometimes feels like it's asking the same kinds of questions. And it's not to say it's uh, cookie cutter, because I think actually with history, there's not there, like the quid anglo case in Epicot, we don't really have that in history. Like we maybe there's a few things kind of like that, like the preceding succeeding, but that comes up maybe like once every seven rounds, you know. Um, the sorry i lost my train of thought for a second oh he, so yeah mike was saying that even though it's not cookie cutter it does seem about it's either about a person or it's about a battle even if you ask in a creative mm -hmm. way kind of the you know the the and it is sort of about the same substance i guess which i kind of see what he's saying there but i i think there's also an opportunity just like with lit for, for people to become more sophisticated in the way they ask history, which I'm, you know, people do. I, I think that also has evolved. But um, when he said that, I started thinking about it more like, huh, maybe next time I, I write some history questions, I'll try to get really kind of uh, just see if there is some like new convention I can come up with or something. Because I think there's a lot of untapped potential there. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think a big thing that's been evolving in recent uh, question writing is what you ask because you are right that i think a lot of history questions tend to be people or just a battle and it's like oh ho, ho, do you know what battle occurred in like 262 and it's like incredible um but i think like i think it's been changing a lot because you now have shared name questions which, which i think is very cool you are since like can you 
synthesize different people and figure out their uh, shared like person and stuff. I think that's very cool. Um, mm-hmm. You can ask positions who shared the following positions and maybe like, uh, I really should. I like that. That's a good one. I really like that. Yeah, I like... should not have said this because I don't, I don't know enough history, but maybe like a Heno Barbus, I think was a Pontifex Maximus, something like that. Um, like if you have like, you know, these connected facts that relate to something unique, like, oh, this position governors of like a random province. Like, I think there are so many things that people just aren't like considering because it's easy to write about a person and a battle and mm-hmm. move on with your life. Like, it's easy just to toss up like who the son of blah, 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 fought here, led here, was consul here. Like, it's just easier. But like, once you start getting these more creative formats, it requires people to start thinking more creatively about when they're playing. They have to start like knowing, like, I mean, sure, you have to know a bit more now, but you're awarding people for knowing more. Yes, no, that that's a very good point. And I think it does, as you're saying, it takes more time to write like mm-hmm. kind of elaborate questions. I mean, yeah, you can go on and like, oh, here's five history questions, 30 minutes because it's just like stuff off, not off the top of my head but if I think getting and you see more people willing to do this like the Kearneys of the world willing to really spend the time not only writing but thinking about okay how can I write mm-hmm. new stuff creative stuff uh, and that I've in terms of like where Kirtan's at now I've never seen at any time before so many people so invested with that with let's not only make the game more accessible and expand it and get over those paywalls as you said but let's let's get, you know, let's get creative. Let's mm-hmm. see how we can, you know, make the questions more interesting. And I think that benefits really everyone. I, I think mm-hmm. the accessibility stuff is obviously like a huge initiative for everyone, but keeping it, um, you know, coming up with new stuff for, for maybe the people who are really seasoned that too, like they appreciate that. And I think it's, it's good uh, to, to get people involved who, you know, might otherwise say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm tired of it or whatever. Um, yeah, no, no. I, I, I do think it's I, it, it's it's only going to help Kurtaman, I think. And it's going to help, I think, like a lot of people. Because I think once you start having these like more creative formats, it causes people to just want to study more. Because they're like, yes. oh, I need to now think about it like this. And, you know, it, it opens like pathways to so many different like ideas and information that like people have never seen put together before. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I was reading... Uh, like the Hadass Greek lit book. And I was like, there's so many myth clues I can start pulling from this thing. And it's like, I never was gonna, in my life, did I think I'd say, oh, I sourced this myth clue from Hadass. Mm-hmm. It's like, a, oh, did you know in this work, there's like this really cool thing. So, I mean, yeah, I think, I think it's, I think it's a good, and I think it's really productive for the game. What is, sorry, what is Hadass? What is, is this a new source or is this a? Oh, this is the Greek lit Hadass book. Uh, oh, 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 gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I just was reading it for fun and I was like, oh, whoa, there's a lot of myth clues in here. Like, what are the odds? So it's it's neat to see when you can synthesize things, especially from other categories, like getting that mixture going. I think I think I saw like a lit thing in Heichelheim the other day. I had never seen it. I don't even remember what it was. I was like, oh, that's like, that's cool. It's definitely going in somewhere. So, um, yeah, no, I, the, the cross category stuff, that's like a whole other, like, mm-hmm. that's like fifth dimension <laughs> of like, of group Tom and nerdism. It's like, oh, well, check out this shit I found over here. Sorry for the language. No, but, you're fine. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I, that, that's really cool to see too. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, kind of with that, I, 
wanted to kind of ask now, uh, do you have any advice as like an individual, you know, coming into JCL and Kurtaman and, you know, also coaching and stuff like, is there any one piece of advice? And if not, you can give multiple if you think one's too limiting of like that you kind of wish you had heard coming in. Um, I think, you know, on one hand, like this world ran is, is amazing and it's very niche in it and you have really wonderful uh, friendships in it. Uh, and, and that wall, you know, always be kind of like our own kind of weird corner of the world. But I, I want people, um, you know, when they go to nationals, especially because I think like in Latin education, you hear a fair amount about, oh, well, this will, you want to go and, you know, be a lawyer, like this is great stuff to know, or all these medical terms. And you kind of hear it on that kind of basis. But I think there's the classical experience as a lot of, um, can have a lot of long-term positive, you know, influences. I mean, we all sort of know that now. We all sort of say it, but you know, I want kids when they go to nationals, whether they're playing Kurtaman or not, to, to not only enjoy kind of the uniqueness of that experience, but also to know, hey, like this isn't like a silly thing I'm doing. Like, oh, why did I come here for a week? Like this, like people who are in classics are they can be really successful and brainy and thoughtful and. Um, you know, to see so many people, you know, going to JCL and come out and, you know, it's not about where you go to school, but to see them kind of still wield that knowledge and, and kind of reflect on, it, I think is really cool. Um, I just give a quick example of that because I think people talk about, oh, it can influence you, but maybe here's something more specific. Um, uh, writing my notes, I think really taught me how to, uh, you know, synthesize information to take like a big text and say, okay, how can I take this two pages and make it four bullet points? Like that's something I was not good at in high school. Like that to me is a skill I really had to work on and doing the notes, just wanting to do the notes anyway, kind of like gave me that. And it's something I, I've, I've brought to like researching for you know, content marketing. Um, it's, I, I do a fair amount of user experience writing now. So like all the copy you see on a web page, like where it's like short, actionable sentences, like even that skill, like I, I kind of draw back to, to the notes, to writing the bullets and the notes. It's like, how can I just say, here's plainly what you need to know on a simple level. So I, I think for me doing a lot of things with writing, uh, yeah, a lot of it goes back to, to classics, to the notes, to, to just my uh, JCL experience. So I think people would be really pleasantly surprised by kind of how they, um, how, how looking back, like, oh, that's that cool thing I did in Latin and help me get better at this. So it's just, it's true. It's not just a, a thing we say. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm really glad that you said that because I don't think uh, many people really realize that. I think it requires a lot of like, you know, once you're done and once you're like, Kind of thinking about it, you're like oh wait a second like this is really and then like all the friendships you form from it is like super big and yeah i and you kind of we you alluded to this earlier about the um you know croton the, the bloodlust thing and like it's on one level it's funny like i you know we've all been there we all understand like how competitive things can be but i i really um i i just really want people to to know like hey, this, it's, 
it's okay to, to win, it's okay to lose, it's okay to not do well, it's okay to get beat by your biggest rival. So, you know, whatever it is, like, it's really okay. Like, we all, like, at the end of the day, like, this is the way we talk about it and are involved in it. It is a youth organization. It is a youth academic organization. So uh, I'm all for the, you know, sportsmanship being competitive. Like, that's, we love that. But, uh, you know, the community that we have, so I feel like we have a really great, like, post-high school kind of community of common players, and I think it's it's a great, great vibe. Um, I just want to make sure we we extend that same vibe down to the high school level, mm-hmm. and we don't say, oh, well, they're, they're super competitive, and it's more tense because, like, it's the real thing. It's like, well, maybe, but we also can impart, I think, a lot of the kind of uh, good vibes we feel now earlier on and I and maybe people might disagree and say no it's not a problem it's really great like everyone is good maybe and maybe maybe that's the case like I don't know I'm not really in the loop on that um but I just I would always want kids to feel welcome you know within their own state with other states you know kind of can you know building that that kind of shared community yeah no, I, I think that's totally fair I think a big thing that people kind of always lose sight of is it's supposed to be fun at the end of the day like <laughs> competition's great but having fun is better and much better and it's also it feels much more like nice when you're having fun like competition's cool and people are driven by competition but I think having fun at the end of the day is like a very big aim for sure no I the fun thing uh, yeah I think that's maybe in, in, from a coaching perspective like I think if I at the end of the summer can say that they have fun whether we won or lost or whatever like did everyone not too many stressful moments like okay like you take that and you just try to you try to build on it so yeah with that thank you so much for coming on it was a pleasure to hear your story and your thoughts it was really insightful I enjoyed it a lot and yeah I mean thank you guys so much for having me I think this is really cool Uh, I'm really looking forward to 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 hearing all the episodes you do and um yeah (laughs) If, if there's anything else obviously feel free to reach out Yeah, thank you so much. All right, take care. All right, thanks, guys.